0: it
1: like sober as a dober and we'll see what happens sober as a (laughs) (laughs) dober
0: that's short for doberman
1: (laughs) i don't know i heard they get lit
0: dobermans yeah i think if any dog were to get
1: high it would
0: probably be like basset hound i
1: was gonna say basset hound Ooh, saint bernard Mm.
0: welcome to another episode of we explain movies i'm kimmy And I'm Courtney, and this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center
1: for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies.
2: Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watch ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. Hello, everyone listening. You're here. We're here. We're all kind of together. We're E together.
1: In a way, it's as if we're with all of you because we're as close to you as we are to each other on the and internet. And aren't we Always with you, in a Think way. Think of that in the creepiest way possible. That's <laughs> how we mean it. Um,
2: this is the, um, our regular formatted episode, and today we're gonna be doing... Cry Baby! Heyo. yo. <laughs> sometimes I like to cry. A lot. And sometimes I act like a baby. Yeah,
0: this is Kimmy's autobiography. It's about me. It's her documentary.
2: Surprise, bitch. <laughs> 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 All right. So, what did you guys watch this week? I know it's been quite long since we've done one of these, so so just a
1: few, just a gonna, sprinkle.
0: I was going to say, why don't we call it what didn't you watch this week? <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's only 5 movies that I haven't seen that exist. Okay. So, I would say the biggest one that I wanted to talk about that I've watched this week is Saving Private Ryan oh. because I've never ever seen it and I watched it with Dakota. Oh. So that was really exciting. One of the fun things about that movie that I didn't know I was signing up for is that about every five minutes I ran into a new, extremely famous person that I did not know was in it. Yeah. Um Especially the fact that I didn't know who Private Ryan was. That was so exciting. You didn't know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Dakota, who's Private Ryan? No, wait, I don't want to know. And he's like, you don't know? I'm like... No, I hope it's someone famous. (laughs) (laughs) That's even better, I feel like, that you didn't know. It was really exciting. Yeah, no, that was fun. And then, like, when it was him, I'm like, you know what? I feel like somewhere in the back of my mind I knew he was in this movie, but, um, yeah, that was exciting. And honestly, he was one of the best parts of the movie, even though he's technically in it for a really short amount of time. I really like all the things that he as a character makes you have to think about. You're like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up to just let him go home. like, And he feels guilty for being someone who gets to go home, but also all your brothers are dead, so that sucks. Yeah. Um, I also just had no idea that that's what it was about. I mean, obviously the title makes me think they're going to go save someone, but I didn't understand, I mean, why would I, I suppose, but that it was because all his brothers died. That's horrible. How
0: did you feel about, because, like, that movie's so reputable for its gore. How did you feel about the gore? Was it, had you Mm. heard, like, was there a buildup of people being like, it's so bloody or anything?
1: There wasn't, but when we were watching it, when we were watching the opening, like, storming uh, Normandy Dakota was telling me about how that's one of the parts of the movie that makes it so famous and about how it is so gory and it's one of the, you know, first probably to show that really, at least to that extreme. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because this was made a while back and I've seen so many newer things, but it, it, I mean, it is horrific and there's a lot of really intense violence, but something about it never struck me as... I don't know it still kind of felt like old effects so when when somebody's arm was blown off not to say it looked bad but it was like I just kind of felt that it was a movie and I wasn't like holy crap that man's arm is gone okay um so it didn't really bother me as much as I'm sure it did back when it came out but obviously it was still really gory and it still is like there was a part where a guy um has like a bunch of was it a bomb it might have been a bomb he has a bunch of parts of his stomach is bleeding open Yeah, and that was pretty intense I'm like how'd they do that back then so anyway I really liked it I thought that it was um, really well done and I, I thought all the acting was really good and I was surprised by a lot of stuff so that's cool the other big one I wanted to talk about is I rewatched Molly's Game on Netflix oh yeah. um, did you rewatch it Kimmy and no.
0: I watched that pretty recently, though.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay, You. I think you mentioned that. I don't know how you guys feel about it after having seen it twice, but I remember watching it with you guys in the theaters, and I remember leaving and going, that was good. Like, I enjoyed that, and that was about it. And I don't know. Something about this second time watching it, I liked it, like, way more.
0: I've seen it four times now, and... Oh, wow. I, yeah, it gets better every time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's kind of, I was like, there was some stuff I forgot about. Like, to be honest, I forgot about the entire skiing thing until that scene started. And I was like, oh shit, she's going to wipe out. I <laughs> forgot about that. Um, so, there, I don't know. There was just some shocking stuff I forgot. And all the stuff that hit me the first time hit me harder this time. I was like, this is a really good movie. Yeah, it is. I think it must be because Aaron Sorgan scripts are so meaty. And
2: yeah. like there's it's so intelligently written that um it's kind of hard to catch all the jokes and um slights and wit the first time around. Like I appreciate the script of social network way more after having seen it multiple times and knowing what's coming than than I did the first time.
1: Yeah I just felt I guess the first time I watched it and kind of thought like that was a good biopic but this time I watched it and was like that was just a good movie. Yeah Mm -hmm. I yeah that's what I wanted to say about that I just thought that was great and I I still don't think it's like you know her movie it's not her like her thing but But it's a fantastic part for her. Yeah. Yeah. Like she has a sense about her that just screams confidence and intelligence. That's because she is, girl. (laughs) Other things I watched that I'm not going to talk about as much, but I watched um, both I Am Legend, which I've seen a bunch of times, and I also watched WALL-E, both of which are like dystopian, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> and then I'm re-watching Harry Potter, as I think I've mentioned before, but we're making our way through those.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: that's what I watched. Okay, what I have been
2: watching is this. <laughs> I watched Unorthodox on Netflix. I don't know what that is. It's about um, a Jewish woman, an Orthodox Jewish woman who lives in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York, which is like exclusively Orthodox Jewish, their whole community. And they don't venture out. And um, she realizes that that's not where she's meant to be. And she kind of escapes the community or leaves it. She, there's actually like a, a scene where they're like, you escape. And she's like, I didn't escape. You know, I just left. And uh, her kind of assimilating into the culture of Berlin, Germany, which is a pretty crazy place. It's a lot to go into. It's only four, I think, episodes, though. Is it like Um, one and done? uh, Yeah. It's just, it's based off of a a memoir, actually. And I just thought that the the lead actress who is in uh, The Zookeeper's Wife with Jessica Chastain. Oh. Where she also plays a Jewish woman. She's just magnetic. She's fantastic. and there's stuff about the Jewish culture that I didn't even know about. That's like cool. traditions and culture and like everything that you have to do and the things that they don't know about because there's a lot of seclusion and um shielding that happens because you don't need to know anything else outside of your own community. Mm-hmm. it was It was very good. I highly recommend it.
1: Cool. Yeah, four episodes uh, isn't even that big of a commitment. I know. That's, like, less than Chernobyl. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they also had, like, an after, like, a making of kind of, like, 20-minute episode, too, which was pretty cool. I also watched Spotlight, which
1: oh. I know you guys... Oh, are right. S- we talked about off-air. <laughs> yeah, we, we
2: talked about off-air, Um, but I know that you guys will be happy about it because you've been telling me to watch it for a long, long time, and I did, Yeah, and yeah. I absolutely loved it, and the yeah. ending was just, like, ugh so beautiful. Like, I yeah. love that. I love movie endings that it just like cuts to black and you're like, Ooh, yeah that was some good shit.
0: <laughs> it's like in an ominous way, but it's also so uplifting because those people's voices are being heard. It's just yeah, yeah. You're going to talk about it, I'm sure, because you were appalled by <laughs> the end credits. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, just the pages and pages of cases. My sister leaned over and she's like, Oh my God, are, are you crying? I was like, I'm crying so much. I'm like, don't even look at me. <laughs> like, it's just so horrible. It's horrible. But I am glad that I watched it. I can't believe it took me so long to watch it.
0: Okay, so you watched something super Jewish and then something super Catholic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then she watched God's Not Dead 3. No. <laughs> um,
2: now the third thing that I've been watching, which I won't go into a lot of detail on because it's actually multiple movies, but I am rewatching the MCU movies with my oh, sister. She has not watched like most of them. I-, I was surprised in rewatching a lot of like the phase one and phase two movies because what I thought would be my least favorite was actually my favorite so far, and that's Captain America, the first Avenger. Anyways, I won't talk for much longer, but yeah, we we just finished watching Age of Ultron, so we're almost done with phase two. And I'm just, like, so glad they just, like, kicked Joss Whedon out of there. Like, Oh, my God. Goodness. I was, like, cringe. Bye, so bitch. cringe uh freaking Black Widow being like who's the monster now huh (laughs) I'm like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm so glad she's getting her own movie where she can just be badass and 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 just be sick as hell and awesome and not be like cowering in the corner and like fucking they just like erase like a shit ton of her super dope complexity And, and my sister was asking me they're like she's like she's gonna get with Bruce Banner. I'm like, "No." <laughs> and she's like, "Why not? They're setting all this shit up." I'm like, "I know and it sucks and they're going to do away with it and pretend like it never happened."
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I still would have like been okay if they ended up being a couple or something, but not with her being like, "Can we're the same. Us being yeah. monsters, it's the same." <laughs> I agree. Um yeah, and that's what I watched.
0: So, uh in terms of like Rewatches because obviously we're doing a lot of that just with what we need to do to stay sane over here. Um, I rewatched all of Killing Eve sick in preparation for season three, and then another one that was half rewatch, half not. You guys know that, um, when the show You came out, <laughs> I said no, hard pass, but then the second season came out, and I loved the book sequel so much. And then it had Nell from Haunting of Hill House in it. So I watched all of season two when it came out. And now I live with my grandma and I showed her all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which if you've seen it, you're probably going, What? Why? Um that's your grandmother. There's like a lot of like risque, very blunt sex scenes in that I'm aware <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so my grandma picked it I don't know why and I like I didn't have the heart to say no <laughs> and also if you also, want risque sex
1: grandma I'll show it to you well
0: well I hadn't seen season one so I didn't know we were getting oh, that right uh but we're watching season one and you know Beck starts humping yeah, a, a pillow. pillow right away <laughs> And my uncle, who's also here, it's a time over here. <laughs> he, he like loudly was like, "This is what you wanted to watch, Ma," and it was really funny. Um, and so she she loved the first episode, and then I would say it was a gradual or more like a sharp decline after that. Where by like episode three, she was like, "She's a slut and he's a psycho," <laughs> and yeah. And then she she slut shamed Beck for the rest of the season, and that was oh, oh yeah. God yeah that was uh i really enjoyed it it's a good show oh man <laughs> yeah it is high quality art anyways <laughs> Um, something else that I watched that I've been, like, really excited to tell Kayleen about. I told her I have a movie recommendation for you, and I'm going to talk about it on the pod only. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we've watched something every night that I've been here, and, uh, one of the nights my dad was here, and he was like, let's watch Breaking Away. And I was like, when was it released? And he said, 1979. (laughs) (laughs) And then my uncle was like, oh, great movie. And the two of them started quoting it to each other. (laughs) It is a phenomenal movie. Wow. It was so fun and just pure joy. It is about this group of boys who are basically the greasers. (laughs) Except they call themselves Cutters, because they're from this part of town that quarries rock, and so, like, they cut granite all their lives, and, like, they were born to parents who cut granite, so they call themselves the Cutters, and then, like, there's the rich kids who go to the college that's in their town, and all of this was filmed, like, on location at a college and, um, at, like, this beautiful rock quarry in this town, and the main character is, for some reason, obsessed with Italy and with becoming a cyclist and it is so cute and he just you know like walks around dressed like a little italian and he like speaks italian to his parents and uh so the whole thing is just this like ragtag group of boys like trying to make it uh after graduating high school and one of them is obsessed with italy and wants to go there so bad and the other one the dallas of the friend group is played by none other than a young six-pack havin luscious haired Dennis Quaid oh,
1: <laughs> oh my <no>! gosh <laughs> wow
0: it was so fun to watch
1: that's awesome
0: it was so funny it won um, it won best original screenplay at the Oscars wow it is such a stand by me outsiders type of vibe and I, like Kayleen like this is one of those movies that if you had for some reason just had it had seen it once you would be just as in love with it as you are with like those other 80s movies
1: aww Oh, I want to watch that.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised you hadn't come across it in all your years. Cause
1: How cute.
0: Love it. It's super good.
1: All right, so that wraps it up for our What We Watched this week. Moving on to movie-related questions. The first question is,
2: what is your favorite movie musical? And we limited this to either originals or jukebox musicals, so no adaptations allowed for this answer.
0: Uh, I have two honorable mentions, and one of you you haven't seen one of them, and the other one you wouldn't pick, so just chill. My first honorable mention, because I don't know if it counts or not, but I'm going to say it anyways, I mentioned it during our Mulholland Drive episode, and it's free on Amazon Prime right now, so watch it if you haven't, is Stop Making Sense, which is a filmed concert by the Talking Heads of their album, Mm. and it's so sick, there's costume changes, there's set design, there's lighting, there's all the good stuff. Um, it, it does feel more like a concert, because it is one, but I'm calling it a musical. Anyways, <laughs> uh, my other one, just because it's the OG favorite, it was like my original obsession, and so I gotta give it a shout out, is Wizard of Oz. Okay. When I got the opportunity to direct a musical, that was the first thing I chose. The first thing I ever directed was Wizard of Oz um, for the stage, but the movie just has a special place in my heart. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. My actual choice. <laughs> I know Kimmy, Kimmy loves it as well. I'm sure Kayleen does too, but I know Kimmy specifically loves it as well, is Across the Universe. Oh,
1: okay. That's not what I thought you were going to pick, but I knew Kimmy would say that one. God oh, okay. damn it! No. <laughs> I love
0: that movie so much. It holds the record for movie I saw the most in theaters. I saw it seven times in theaters when it came out. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Yeah, Aaron and I have like discussed it. I'm sure they'll do it before I do, but we've talked about getting like the strawberry logo as a tattoo. I love the characters in that so much. Obviously, the Beatles music is amazing, and I think Julie Tamor really did something original and super with it. Uh, My favorite songs are probably that happiness is a warm gun, but then they also took my favorite Beatles song and made it even more beautiful by giving it to Evan Rachel Wood and others, but I love her parts in it, is the song Dear Prudence, so I love Across the Universe. Yeah, I mentioned this on our first episode when I talked about my favorite music moments in movies, and yeah, when Evan Rachel Wood is inside of the phone booth and a shot, like, goes up against her and she does the reprise from, um, Revolution, love it. Love it so much. It's an amazing movie.
1: Well, then I think I know what Kimmy's other one is that she's going to (laughs) say. Yes, I'm going to (laughs) go. Go for it. It's okay. Okay. My
2: answer, and I don't have any honorable mentions because I thought this was pretty hard. (laughs) My answer is... Moulin Rouge. Yeah,
1: that's the one I thought.
2: <laughs> love it. I had Roxanne on my iPod for like a really long time.
0: I would skip that song. <laughs> oh, fuck
2: you, that's a good song. <laughs> and Just like... It's my stepdad actually... sings that to our dog, Roxy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's actually uh, one of my sister's favorite movies. And I love Moulin Rouge because <laughs> it's just like like heart-wrenching. And it has like... A shit ton of like really good songs in it that I just like sang all throughout middle school to anybody. And I just like Ewan McGregor is just so like tortured and sad <laughs> and in it and like I can't believe the ending is just like sucks. And <laughs> I just love it. I don't know. <laughs> What's not to love, you know?
0: So this isn't your answer for question two? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, <laughs> I thought of something. <laughs> I thought of something different. No, that that's, that's a good funny. choice though.
0: Yeah, what's your favorite song from it, Kimmy?
2: For me, it's "Come What May." I was gonna say that. Oh,
0: mine's "Elephant Love Medley."
2: I love that. That was what I was deciding between. Like, oh, God, but, oh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I had to like probably watch it again, um. But I I just love the come what may reprise too like at the end where he like stops at the top of the theater and he turns around and he just like bursts from his heart singing it and runs up to her and it's the climax ending of the film right before <laughs>
1: Satine dies it's like so good <laughs> that's a good song um, okay, so this one is an honorable mention because it kind of counts. Like, there are original songs in it, but I don't know if it would technically be considered. Uh, but School of Rock. Huh. Love School of Rock. It's really cute and really funny, and I've been watching it since I was a kid. Another honorable mention is Frozen, the first one, because I do like the first one a little bit better, and it's got some bops, and it's a good movie.
0: I didn't even think animated. I thought we weren't allowed to go that route. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i tried to like stay away kind of because i felt like i would go down a rabbit hole but anyway um and then moulin rouge was one of my top answers but since you said moulin rouge i'm gonna go with mary poppins as my actual answer mm-hmm. i watched that literally all the time as a kid i think there's just something about julie andrews that my grandparents were okay with me watching her movies <laughs> why, why wouldn't is... be <laughs> She's No, so i just wholesome. mean like It's, like, that and The Sound of Music I've just seen so many times, you know? And I guess The Princess Diaries as well. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Mary Poppins is so good, and all the songs are fun, and it just, like, I think it's the perfect movie for kids because it really gets your imagination open, and you think, like, the world's at my fingertips. I can do anything I want. You want to, like, dance around your house. I love that movie, and also, Saving Mr. Banks is a great movie as well, and people should go watch that. I was just about to
0: bring that up, because I was like, you must love that movie. It's so good.
1: I do. That movie makes me weep. I've seen it twice, and then every time I watch it, I'm like, gotta go watch Mary Poppins. (laughs) Question number two. What is your favorite movie about Star-Crossed Lovers? Again, go. again, I shall go last because I have a lot of answers and I know you're going to steal some.
0: <laughs> Mine's basic as hell, so Kimmy can go first or I can. I don't care.
2: Mine's not that basic and also I, I'm kind of nervous that it might not satisfy the question but I, I couldn't think of anything else and, and I think it's like generally a good answer. Okay. Um, okay. But I picked her. Oh. That's
0: super cute. I love that.
2: You know, I it just popped into my head today and it you know, it's 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 a doomed relationship, and we know it from the start, but, you know, there's, like, that inkling of hope that, like, maybe, maybe something will work out, but it's, like, you know, why are you kidding yourself? It's, you know, luckily it's not a tragedy, and, and he, you know, learns to accept himself and be accepted by other people rather than just an OS, mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah, I love that movie. I, and I just saw a clip of it today where he's playing that video game and the little guy is like, fuck you,
0: you fucking fuckface. <laughs> I
2: was like, that's a dope fucking part. That's a good part.
0: Cool. Uh, okay, so Kayleen wants to go last, so I will go next. Did Shakespeare come up with the term star-crossed?
2: I believe so. I, when I was talking to my sister about it earlier today, I was like, star-crossed was coined by Shakespeare. And I totally just like pulled that out of my ass. I don't know if that's <laughs> true or not. But it's it's probably true
0: it's definitely true that he invented the word elbow yeah <laughs> um okay so just yeah I'll go with Romeo plus Juliet or if you want to call it Romeo and Juliet but the Leonardo DiCaprio Claire Danes version is an honorable mention yeah. because cool good for you like Boz Lerman, way to go good. love it Yeah. yeah so good it's so good and
1: two boz lerman mentions ooh! ooh. wow the
0: man has a thing for star-crossed lovers because like apparently well gatsby like he tried to make them star-crossed he was like no we are destined
1: yeah <laughs> i mean technically gatsby still fits like the generic definition i would say
0: And what's interesting, too, is, like, I wonder if there is some aspect of being star-crossed where it means kind of fatal or flawed or doomed, in a sense, because that's kind of—it seems like that's kind of how they go, because my next one, my real answer, is linked to Romeo and Juliet, because that's how Leonardo DiCaprio got Titanic, and— I never talk about Titanic on here. I don't think it's been an answer to my questions ever. Yeah, Yeah, go go
1: for it. it. You let your heart out, man.
0: Here is my platform to tell you about Titanic. Titanic stands. Uh, (laughs) I was born on the day that Jack and Rose go down to the third class and they dance and they have fun and she chugs the beer. That's my birthday. (laughs) Really? (laughs) That's my birthday.
2: (laughs) Not the year, though.
0: Yes, the year. (laughs) I was born in 1912.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, you lied about your birthday last week. I
0: you know. Great. That was my what? That was my 108th birthday and I still <laughs> don't look a day over 107, so. <laughs> Yeah, I love Titanic so much. That movie is a, a classic for if I say what's my favorite movie, it's Titanic. Obviously Arrival has bumped its way up to the top. Um, but I mean, they're they're for different reasons. So I could either yeah. way say whichever one is my favorite. Uh, Titanic, the score. I, I could quote most of that movie, but also I could well up with tears at any given second. Like sometimes I'm just <laughs> watching it. And Rose, like, gets out of the car and, like, her big-ass hat goes, like, whoosh! And I'm, like, crying because it's <laughs> it's so beautiful. And they are star-crossed. They were meant to be. And I just love the whole idea of her going to heaven in the end and her heaven is the staircase with Jack standing underneath the clock that he asked her to meet him under for yeah. when they hang out on my birthday. <laughs> and- it's it's so beautiful i love titanic yeah. so much um and it is tragic it's a tragedy their love story um there was not enough room for the both of them on the ceiling i know i've said this before on the podcast it's not a door stop calling it a door it is a ceiling and thank you for coming to my titanic talk
2: i just i just listened to the beginning so far of uh, the take 3 movie podcast boys Mm. episode of Titanic and they said oh one of our aunts I can't remember which (laughs) said we should do Titanic and I was like yelling at my phone I was like
0: it's Courtney you guys it's Courtney (laughs) thank you Kimmy yeah um so I love Titanic uh I went to Vegas for the first time and the only thing I did was go to the Titanic Museum and then I left Vegas (laughs) yeah it's my fave that's it
1: yeah uh, well, I'll piggyback off of that, because that would be my answer, but of course, I knew that was your answer, so I have others as well. <laughs> um, you
0: can have it. I will share her with you.
1: But obviously, I mean, gosh, it's a classic, and it's amazing, and it's just, like, one of the most beautiful movies ever made, and, like, it's it's on everybody's list because it's a good movie, and everybody knows it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, it's just, it's good. I don't know what else to say because it's just, I think beautiful is the correct word because it's like, it's fun, their love story is tragic, the story is entertaining, and also historical, like it's got everything.
0: Yeah, there's so much history packed into it, like for such a small, it's three hours, but if you think about all the history that had to be put into it.
1: Mm -hmm. And we get to, like, go down and look at the ship in the beginning. And
0: did you know that James Cameron spent more time underwater with the ship than the actual passengers spent on the ship?
1: That doesn't surprise me.
0: I know. Isn't that sad, though? That is sad. That feels
2: like scary to me <laughs> scary <laughs> it's like freaky deaky
0: yeah I like, I like how Kimmy's acting like I told her a ghost story it feels like
2: a ghost story you know yeah. all of those those images of him down in the sub like taking pictures of it it's just like it's it's haunted it's like
1: it's like spooky it's stuff spooky. decaying underwater is interesting Um, okay. So then I had a couple honorable mentions. Um, I'm going to start with my honorable mention, throwing it back. It is the movie Splash. I was obsessed with this movie as a kid and I haven't seen it in years, like a really long time. Um, but I used to watch it all the time. I thought she was like the most beautiful person I'd ever seen in my whole life. And they're star-crossed lovers because like she can't, she has to go back in the water. That's where she belongs. And he's a land person, so he belongs here. Is that Daryl um, Hannah? Yeah. Uh, so my actual answer, if not Titanic, would be Dirty Dancing. I love that classic shit. Love that 80s shit. It might not be... You know, it's not, it's not nearly as tragic or anything as something like Titanic or Romeo and Juliet, but it is sad that it's these people who come from different worlds and they want so badly to be together and like also try to understand the world from each other's points of view but it's just hard to and it doesn't like it you know it works out for the summer and they are in love but like it's not sustainable and we know at the end of the movie that it that it isn't like they're not gonna be together so it's kind of sad but great movie
0: those were fun choices boom good question kayleen
1: um. So, for listeners, because this happened off-air, I told the girls they were not allowed to watch a trailer for Crybaby, so I sent them a series of photos <laughs> that I thought would give them some stuff to guess, and I also told them one of the questions we almost did but didn't do is name your favorite um, parody, which maybe we'll do one day, but we didn't today. Um, This movie is a parody of films like it, um, particularly, most likely, Grease and films like Grease. So do with that what you will for your predictions. Okay, I don't know anything about this movie, but
2: I have seen a couple gifts from it. One of them being one of the photos you send me where this extremely large tear comes out of Johnny Depp's eye.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thumbs down that when Kayleen said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also,
2: the the one where he licks a pane of glass and some girl, like, scoots down it or something like ah, that. Ah, okay, it, yeah. That's this movie, right? Yes, it is. Okay, and Johnny Depp's character looks very much, you know, Danny Zuko-esque. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say that the, the ponytail girl is is kind of like the Sandy girl. Yeah. I I just feel like my predictions are going to be like essentially what is Grease, but I think that this one's going to be a little bit more raunchier, and Mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be a happy ending. Like, I I feel like there's going to be some jail time involved, some Mm. killing. Maybe this snooty-looking girl with the awesome hair who looks (laughs) like maybe she would be like the Rizzo character. Ah. Um is gonna be, like, the villain and kind of, like, screw up their
1: chance at being together. Is that, are you talking about the one whose face I circled? Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's all I got, man. Like, oh, and also there's some Footloose in it because he fucking is singing in that other photo. He, like, comes to the school mm. dance and, like, gets everybody to dance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys.
0: Okay. I'm getting some big Bye Bye Birdie vibes. Ah. Mm. Where he is a teen heartthrob type guy. He's, like, a singer. And his managers are trying to make him seem more hardcore. But the Mm. girl that he's in love with, she's very prim and proper and is trying to, like, my fair lady him. And he is trying to become a good boy. Because her mom looks like a bitch. And so (laughs) trying to be, like, on the good side of them. And something with singing, I think she's like a, maybe she's like a teen. She
1: is
0: (laughs) the Britney Snow character from Hairspray. Mm. He is the Birdie character from Bye Bye Birdie. This is the plot of Grease with those two characters. (laughs) And with a little bit of outsiders and with a little bit of zombie prom. And I don't know what to make of this big group photo with like a, a, a shirtless guy in a bucket.
1: That yeah. is a behind-the-scenes photo, but I just thought it would uh. give you its... But it is, like, in, on set and in costume, so that's why I sent it.
0: Okay, because, like, Johnny Depp's got a girl around his shoulder who looks pregnant.
1: hmm
0: He got a girl pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bitchy girl was like... I don't know. Why does he look like Captain America in one of these photos?
1: <laughs> and
0: why is he crying?
1: I was going to say, you should guess why
2: he's crying. He's crying because they're star-crossed and they can't be together because he's <laughs> in jail. Mm. I think he's going to jail.
0: He's crying because he cheated on her.
1: Oh, man. The the Rizzo one?
0: No, the cute one.
1: Oh, the, the goody two-shoes looking one.
0: Yeah, okay. let's get into this.
1: Alrighty, so getting into the actual plot of the movie. This is a really fun, um, which, like, I kind of am mad at myself for but kind of i guess can't blame myself i went into this movie like you two not knowing anything about it knowing even less than you guys know meaning that it took me a while to realize this is a parody (laughs) and i was like why is this movie so weird why is this movie so bad and it like took me a long time to go this has to be on purpose right like it has to be on purpose and then I'm like, ah, this, this, is, this is a parody. <laughs> uh, so it's a parody, and you should know that going into it so that you enjoy it more than I did when I started. Getting into it, a couple little facts here. Do you guys know anything about the person who wrote and directed this movie? No. So the person who wrote and directed this movie is John Waters. Do you know what else he wrote and directed? A very famous musical. It's
0: not Mamma Mia.
1: No, but it is one we've mentioned today.
0: I so know who this is. I can picture him perfectly. Hairspray. It's Hairspray. Thank you. Okay.
1: So John Waters wrote the um, 88 version of Hairspray, which was then adapted into the musical and then adapted again into a movie in 2007. And then as you guys probably also know, because we're all theater people, Crybaby is now a musical that was adapted from the movie. Fun fact about that is that Crybaby originally premiered at the La Jolla Playhouse in 2007 oh that was a while ago yeah and then it went to Broadway in 2008 okie dokie getting into the movie um obviously it's starring Johnny Depp he was doing 21 Jump Street at the time and when John Waters was trying to pick his lead man he was thinking you know since this is a parody of these types of movies I need someone who's got that like teen heartthrob look So to get ideas for who to cast, he was literally skimming teen magazines like RJ14s or whatever. (laughs) And literally Johnny Depp was, like, on the cover of all of them. And he's like, I gotta give this guy a call. And Johnny Depp was super game because they basically felt like they could help each other out. Whereas he wanted someone for this, you know, teen heartthrob role, but it's making fun of it. And Johnny Depp was like, what better way to get out of the mold of, like... TV hunk than to directly make fun of one.
0: Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. is this what led him to be TV and movie weirdo?
1: Yes, dude. Wow. <laughs> and I'll get into that too. Um yes, so that's where this came from. Now the movie opens. And there's like some song playing, I think it's actually called Cry Baby or it says something related to Cry Baby in the song. It's people at a high school in the 50s. I want to say it's 54. It says it on the back of the wall. I think it's in, no, I didn't send you guys this picture. But um, anyway, it's in the 50s. All these students are lined up. They either look like a greaser or a (laughs) soche. And um, they're all in line and everyone is going up and getting shots. Like, they're just lining up to get shots on top of a stage, and the shots are in these, like, dramatically large syringes that are, like, literally an inch wide and filled with, like, a very viscous-looking liquid, and it takes them, like, a long time to give everyone each their shot— And it's like, anyway, the whole scene just makes me very uncomfortable to start with. And it's, like, really scary. And they're, like, manhandling these people's arms to give them the shot. And I'm like, what is going on? And then Crybaby, which is Johnny Depp, we are introduced to Crybaby, which is this character's name. And, like, he's getting dragged against his will by, like, his buddies or something. But it's also, like, then he gets to cut to the front of the line because they, like, throw him up on the stage. And he sits in the chair, and they, like, pull off his leather jacket so that you can see his arm with, like, tattoos, and they're gonna give him the shot. And he looks over, and in the other chair, because it's two students at a time, it's Allison is her name. (laughs) So, yeah, so she's getting a shot in her arm as well, and she looks very much like Sandra D. esque She has on, like, a little dress. She looks very well done up, you know, very, um, what did I say, goody two-shoes. And they each are getting shots in their arms and they look at each other with like a, oh no, this sucks face. And one single tear falls down Johnny Depp's face. And it's very clear it's a fake tear, like on purpose. But it again, we're starting off the movie and that's the second thing to make me uncomfortable in like two minutes <laughs> is his scary tear. Did you
2: learn any like fun facts about this tear? <laughs> like how they made
1: the, like how they made the tear.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's just so, like, for, iconic for some
1: reason. And it's just so
2: ridiculous mm. and strange.
1: I could maybe find out. Um, It didn't, I did, you know, a little bit of research on it before we got on the recording. Um, That didn't come up, but I could maybe find it. I don't know. It's okay. I don't know. So now we go outside. Everyone's back to normal. And Crybaby walks out to the car. Like some, I forget whose car it is. It's probably his car. And uh, he's just standing at the car with all his cool friends. And he lights a match with his teeth and then lights a cigarette. As he's doing that, Allison comes out with who looks to be her boyfriend. And she walks out and she says... I'm so tired of being good. Just like that. <laughs> and she and she walks away from her boyfriend, and she goes down the stairs to where all these greaser-looking people are, and we find out that they're called the drapes. All right. I don't know why, but they're called the drapes. And here are the drapes that we see. The gang consists of Wanda, which is the other blonde, the one that looks like Sandy in grease at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Pepper, which is the pregnant one, and she is not Johnny Depp's lover. She's his sister. Um, then we have, you're not ready for this, <laughs> Hatchet Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So definitely. with Hatchet Face, there's two things to say, because, yes, it is about her appearance. One thing to say. Is that I found out during the casting call for Hatchet Face, it says, looking for someone with an alarming face. <laughs> <laughs> so all the people coming thought, you know what? I have an alarming face. Second, that's an second,
0: insane thing to tell people.
1: <laughs> second, is that they make her makeup look god awful to make her look as scary as possible. Okay. So it has more to do with the makeup. It's pretty... I mean, let's be real. You can't get away with that in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so her name is Face, and they call her that the entire movie. I think they say her real name one time, and she's like, no, it's Face." <laughs> and she also... She also, like, I don't even want to do an impression of what she talks like because they also make her, like, speak redonkulous. All right. And also her lipstick is, like perfect on the center but then it goes like up on the right and down on the left so that it like makes her mouth look like an odd shape all right interesting and then hatchet face has a boyfriend named milton they are always making out and milton is also a drape all that happens and allison like goes right up to the drapes and she's just kind of she kind of is just observing and they're like what are you doing over here you square That's what they call them. They call them the squares. And they're kind of, like, chatting a little bit. She seems like she's very interested in what they're doing. Everyone seems put off by her. But Crybaby kind of seems like maybe he'd give her a chance. But before he can, the boyfriend comes over and he's like, what are you doing hanging out with these lowlifes? Like, come on. You know we're squares. Like, screw the drapes. And as that's happening... Allison's grandmother, who is in that one picture I sent to you guys, rolls up in her car, and she's very stereotypical. And again, they're all stereotypes because it's a parody. And she just has this look about her that's just like, I'm just constantly scoffing at everyone. And Allison and her boyfriend get in the car. His name is Baldwin. And when they're in the car, the grandma is talking about how she shouldn't be hanging out with people like that, blah, blah, blah. And they're talking about how there's a singing event happening that night. And Crybaby, from where he's standing, is like, Hey, you know, I have a really good singing voice. I'd like to come participate in your singing thing. And the grandma's like, Pah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, we would let you in. And they get in the door of the car and they drive away. Now, the drapes get in their car and follow close behind. Then we get a little bit of Allison and the boyfriend and the grandma. And they're talking The drapes in their car come speeding down the road, and they pull up right next to them. So they're in, you know, like a passing lane, but obviously you have to pass before oncoming traffic comes. Mm -hmm. So he's just sitting there, and they're all, like, making noises at him, and he's singing from the car, like, singing along to the radio, but kind of trying to show off that he can sing. And Allison's so into it. She's, like, biting her lip and stuff, and Crybaby's, like, making eyes at her and all this stuff. Anyway, it turns out where it's, of course, the there's, like, an oncoming car, and they get scared, but Allison's not scared, and Crybaby's not scared, but the grandma's, like, gonna lose it, but all of a sudden, at the last second, they speed off, and everything's fine. Okay. The grandma says something really mysterious to Allison about how, like, she's not old enough to hear about this kind of talk, but there's things you don't know about Crybaby's dad. <gasps> Uh-oh. He comes from a bad family, and you don't want anything to do with that. Hmm. Then we go over to the creepy country club with all the squares and, like, their families. It kind of looks like and She's the Man when they're at the, like, debutante thing. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? It's one of those type events. A cotillion. Yeah, like, looks like that. It's a very fancy place. Everyone's wearing, like, light colors, pastels, and they're all very boring looking. And they have this creepy meeting where they're talking about their singing event happening that night and just, like, their community of goody-two-shoes. I believe the grandma's actually the one speaking, and she's like, just remember the four Bs! And they all say them together. They go, beauty, brains, breeding, Uh. bounty. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get a shot of this swim camp. We roll up, and we meet one of the drape's parents- It's Milton, the one who has very little to do, and his parents are very over-the-top religious. And they're just yelling things at all the people walking into the swim camp, like, about how they need to accept the Lord and, like, saying really mean things to people. Their son walks by, like, with his girlfriend, right? And they're all, like, all the drapes are walking in a clan. This girl named Lenora shows up. And we can't tell what side she's on, the squares of the drapes, because she's in a bathing suit. (laughs) (laughs) It's a two-piece bathing suit, and she wants so badly to get on CB's dick. Like, she does a little tan line sticker thing to say CB on her thigh, and she runs up to him and his group as they're walking by, and she's like, Look! I put it on my leg! Like put a baby in me, and he's like, you're disgusting, (laughs) and he wants nothing to do with her. Immediately before he walks by, she grabs her little straps on her bathing suit and asks if he wants to see her (laughs) (laughs) gunboats, and he says, no, Moving on.
0: And she said, how about my (laughs) Jehoobies?
1: No, but that's not the only word for boobs we'll get today. (laughs) All right. I'm ready. Everyone is walking by her, and every member of the gang shit talks her as they walk by. Nobody likes her.
0: What's her name? Lenora?
1: Yeah. Okay. We now go to the Fancy Pants place, and it's singing time. And they're doing, like, a quartet singing performance and baldwin is in the group they're called uh i think it's called baldwin and the whiffles is the name of the group and they're singing it's very proper everyone's looking at them like they're gonna do a golf clap at the end you know what i'm saying then they cut back to the drapes and they've arrived at like a little trailer park in the woods they come upon a naked man in that tiny wash bucket from the picture i showed you so it's literally like a wash bucket for babies or for like your clothes back in the day and this grown ass man is like the only part of him that is hidden is like his junk because the rest of him is flailing out of the wash bucket and he's like scrubbing himself wow And they all walk up, and they're like, Uncle Belvedere, what's up? And they're, like, all talking like it's normal, and he goes, you caught me in my birthday suit. (laughs) And, uh, I know this person's name, but I can't even name a song that they have created, and I wouldn't have been able to recognize him, but do you... I feel like maybe Courtney would be able to guess, but I have no idea how to give you clues. But the man in the wash bucket is, like, a famous musical artist. Country? I I don't, I don't even. Let me, let me look up, see if I can give you some trivia. Because I I know this person's name, but I literally, like, know nothing else about them. They are known for their long hair, but in this movie, they have short hair. Like, they've cut it off. Willie Nelson. No. No. <laughs> They mostly made popular music in the 70s? He's the godfather of punk. Sorry, Dakota was also trying to give me clues from the other room. Oh,
0: bring Dakota in here.
1: <laughs> Dakota, do you want to give clues? Say he's the godfather of punk? Funk. Punk. Funk? P-U-N-K. Punk with a P. The godfather of punk. Yes.
0: Uh, What's that guy who's Sid and Nancy? <laughs>
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I can tell you groups he's been in. You want me to do that? Give me
0: one, I guess.
1: Let me give you the one that seems the least helpful. The iguanas.
0: Oh my God, is it Iggy Pop?
1: It is Iggy Pop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, I know you knew stuff like that.
0: <laughs> tell Dakota that was a good hit.
1: <laughs> Courtney says that was a good hit. Anyway, that's Iggy Pop, and I told... Dakota, as I was doing my research on this movie, I was like, babe, do you know who Iggy Pop is? And he goes, duh. And I was like, do you know what he looks like? And he's like, duh. And I was like, well, your ass sure didn't say it when we were watching this movie together. (laughs) Because he's known for the long hair. Yeah. So, he's Uncle Belvedere.
0: Why are all these names so waspy? It's Belvedere, Milton, and Baldwin? Like, what is happening?
1: Well, Baldwin is a... Square, so that makes sense. But yes, Belvedere. I have a question: His <laughs> okay. uncle is Uncle Belvedere? He is Crybaby's uncle, but Crybaby and Pepper are siblings, so both of them. Maybe he used to be a square, and that's why
2: his name is so fancy. Oh, I see. And Crybaby's dad used to be a square.
1: Ooh. Oh my God,
0: Kimmy. <laughs> <sighs>
1: So then we go into, like, the little trailer. It's not even a trailer. It's like a hut, but it looks like a dumpy trailer park type of area. And we go into, like, their place. There's also two small children, a boy and a girl, who are dressed like drapes. So they're, like, she basically looks like you dressed your child up as Sandy from The End of Greece, And he looks like you dressed your child up as Danny Zuko. Um, And they're kind of, like, trying to act tough, too, like, in the things they say, and they have, like, toy guns, and they're like, bap, bap, like, I fucking run this place, bitch. They don't cuss, but they're like that. (laughs) And we find out those are Pepper's kids. So she already has two kids and one on the way. We then get a cut back to the fancy singing place. Allison is now singing a beautiful white girl song. Again, very proper, very boring. It's fine. And at this point... I mean, I don't know this actress, so I probably wouldn't have just known this, but it's pretty clear that everyone is lip-syncing. So no one is really singing, and people do have singers assigned to them, so it's not just, like, random. They have singers who, um, at least the woman, Rachel Sweet, who sings for Allison, helped compose a lot of the music, like, write a lot of the lyrics. Uh, I don't know about composing the music, but she wrote a lot of the lyrics. So Rachel Sweet is always singing for Allison and someone named James Intveld James is singing for Johnny Depp.
0: Is all of the music diegetic where it's like they're singing at a certain time like in front of a microphone or do they burst out into song?
1: They burst out into song. Oh, they
0: do? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: but there are a lot of ones, on perp- like, ones that are diegetic as well. So kind of in the same vein as like...
0: Uh, like an example would be sound of music because
1: yeah because they have to go sing yeah yes sound of music is good they do they do sing a lot yeah yeah
0: like maria is non-diegetic because they're all just singing and sound of music and then yeah edelweiss is that okay
1: totally yeah it's like that okay um so crybaby goes over to fancy pants show because his family just like built him a motorcycle out of like scraps and stuff because they know how to build stuff and he rides his fancy motorcycle over to the fancy event. And he's just like outside revving the motorcycle and everyone runs to the window because they're like, what is the commotion? And Allison, of course looks out the window and she's so stoked because he's there. And I think a part of her knows that like in a way he's there for her, but he's like, I came here so that you guys can hear me sing. I want Allison to hear me sing. And the grandma comes out and throws a drink in his face. And he reacts as if acid has just been thrown on his face. Yes. He goes, ah! And he, like, falls to the ground. And he's like, ah, ah! And then Baldwin comes out and, like, brutally punches and kicks him. Wow. And Allie basically runs outside, and she's like, let's go. And he's like, yeah, let's ditch this place. And she gets on the back of the motorcycle, and she's like, Grandma, I just have to do this. And her the grandma's kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she really doesn't fight that much. She's just like, ugh, oh, Allison. All right, see you later. They then go to what they refer to as the jukebox jamboree. They're all having this, like, dance nanny, if you will. And they go. She gets off the motorcycle. And all of the girls who we've met, the drape girls, like, are there. And they're kind of, like, eyeing her. Because she ain't one of them. And he basically says, you don't need to worry about them. Like, they'll like you just fine. And he goes, Allison, these are the crybaby girls. And he introduces them. And it's very dramatic. And they all kind of, like do a little shake or whatever and they're like yeah it's me wanda like yeah it's me pepper okay and one of them says you need a new look and then one of them says don't you got tits stick them out for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> and then i believe it's pepper who says our bazooms are our weapons <laughs>
0: Okay, not only is that the second craziest thing that they've called boobs, but both boob names have been weapons? (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, my, what'd she say? Gun, gun (laughs) gunbags? Not gunbags. What'd she say? I don't
2: know. Gunboats.
1: Gunboats. My (laughs) gunboats. Yeah. Gun, bazooms are our weapons. Why? We'll see.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is it going to be like those those titties from austin powers (laughs) no but that's
1: exactly what came to my mind when i just said that (laughs) where they shoot (laughs) bullets then one of them says again they're like very they got they became very accepting very quickly she goes let's give allison a bad girl beauty makeover And and then allison walks over to them and she goes like, in a baby voice, she goes, you think I got what it takes? And, like, purses her lips, and they all lose their mind. They're like, wow, this girl's got some sass. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so much sass. She pursed her lips. It's She's crazy. Yeah, anyway, they accept her, and they're going to go give her a makeover, which we do not get to see the makeover, and I was a little sad about that.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, Who doesn't have a makeover montage?
1: <laughs> I know. I know. But anyway, we cut to at this jukebox jamboree, Crybaby gets to perform because like this is his place. And he everyone here knows he can sing. And he's dressed up and moving around like Elvis while he's singing, and he's got a very, you know, still of that era but much more like rock and roll song. So we see Lenora, the woman who said gunboats in the two-piece bathing suit. And she's in the audience at the Jukebox Jamboree. So then, presumably, she must be a drape. And she's there, and of course she's making eyes at Crybaby, especially now that he's on stage and like has all the attention. And she takes off her like granny panties, because that's what women back then wore, and she throws them at him on stage. And he's like, again, get that away from me. And pretty much immediately after... He invites Allison on stage, who is now, like, in bad girl-looking clothing. But it's not, it's not like what you see Wanda wearing. Like, it's not the typical Sandy look. She just looks like she has more fashion sense, and it's not so, like, I don't know, prim and proper. Okay. And And her hair is let down from her ponytail. And he invites her on stage, and then they have a duet. And again, this is one of those moments where it's like, yes, they're singing a song in a microphone, but, like, she doesn't know the words but she does because it's a musical right Mm -hmm. so yeah they're singing the song and it's really fun the song's over it is clear lenora's pissed because she is obsessed with him and apparently he's into this allison girl and i think they kiss on the stage too before they like leave the stage now it cuts to a bunch of groups of couples kissing on the grass in some area outside of the jamboree it's just a bunch of couples on blankets in the grass making out and they're making out and he stops and he looks at her and he goes kiss me kiss me hard and she says i've never given a french kiss before oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and he says this is how you do it and he explains it And then they literally, like, slap their tongues together. Ew! And then, (laughs) and then, for probably, like, 30 seconds to a minute, they just go around to all of the people on the blankets and all the people in the jamboree dancing, and they're all French kissing, and it gets, like, sloppier and sloppier (laughs) to where people are literally just like, blah, (laughs) blah, It's so ridiculous. (laughs) So they're doing that. And then it cuts back to them, of course, because they're the focal point, and he's trying to feel her up, and in this moment, I'm like, okay, wow, this is a lot like Grease, because if you'll recall, there's the, you know, the drive-in scene where he tries to feel her up, yeah, and it's like the same type of energy where she kind of like pushes him off, and I'm like, oh no, like, shit's gonna hit the fan, but then he says something about how he knows she's an orphan, and he's an orphan too, and she's like, oh my gosh, you're right, we're so similar, and then she decides she's into it, and so he's like feeling her up, and now she's into it and As this is happening, she's describing the story of how her parents died, and she's like, "Mommy and daddy went to I forget where I think like they went to the Caribbean and They didn't want one of, they didn't want me to be left without two parents, so they decided to take separate planes just in case one of them crashed. But then, crybaby, won't you believe it? Both planes crashed. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And, And then immediately after this story, lightning strikes the tree next to them and everyone, like, gets up and flees. And crybaby gets up. And he's so angry, and he's, like, walking around, like, pissed off. And she goes, crybaby, why are you so mad? Like, I think lightning's kind of sexy. And he goes, electricity makes me insane. (laughs) 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 And she says, but why, crybaby, why? Okay, this is reaching the right
0: (laughs) level of insanity
1: that I'm looking for. (laughs) And he goes... (laughs) here's why and he rips open his shirt and he has like a full chest tattoo of an electric chair and he says electricity killed my parents (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and he says goes on this story about his dad and he says his father was the alphabet bomber and then like they kind of continue each other's stories cuz it's clear his dad was like famous. And she goes, "That's right. Bombs exploding in the airport." And then the barber shop, and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, "Yes." And then the car wash, the drugstore. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm dying. And, and then he goes, "I used to lay in my crib and hear my daddy screaming in his sleep." A, B, C, D, E, <laughs> F, G. What the
2: fuck is this movie? I don't know. But I like... love it. Is he, like,
0: serious? Is he it like, He's serious? Like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is, but it's, like, with the level of intensity I'm saying it. He's, like, A B C D.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Then... That makes me so happy. My <laughs> <And> then...
1: <laughs> this is, like, probably my favorite scene. It's so funny. And then... He says, they killed my mom because she was an accomplice, even though she didn't even know how to spell. (laughs) (laughs) He says, every day I have to do something rotten for my parents. And then I cry just one salty tear for the rotten things I've done. But that's it. No more than one tear. And he cries one tear and she licks it off his face. (laughs) Just, like, how ridiculous it is. I'm like, this must be where Tim Burton found him. Like, he must have watched this and been like, this guy's gonna be in all my stuff. It's got the exact vibe I'm looking for. And after I watched this movie, when I was doing research, I found out that this movie got him cast in Edward Scissorhands. Uh. Um, So that's pretty exciting so as they're having this heart to heart that we love so much the squares are running around lighting everything on fire and like vandalizing everybody's cars and stuff because they're mad that he took allison away and they all band together to be like screw the drapes we hate you and it kind of becomes like a rumble like a typical rumble from the outsiders where everyone from the one side is fighting everyone from the one the other side and They're all just like throwing punches and falling over It's like chaos at one point crybaby punches baldwin because you know, he started it and That's just like how the rumble goes And Baldwin is pleading on the ground, trying to get Allison to be on his side. And he's, like, playing the sad boy card. We see uh, a little callback, if you will, to Bazoom's being used as a weapon. Oh, my God. Because (laughs) Because Wanda chest bumps a man to make him fall over. And then grabs each of her boobs and, like, does little, like, fake gun cocking motions with them, kind of. Yikes. (laughs) So, weapons. (sighs) Uh, Which is why you gotta keep your titties out, you guys. Use them for weapons. Allison and Crybaby get on his bike to leave. She doesn't really care that Baldwin's on the ground. I don't know if she knows he's faking it, but she's like, I'm sorry, I gotta go where my heart tells me and it's saying Crybaby. But as they're fleeing the scene, cops with guns stop them. They're like, hey, you can't leave, kiddos. And there's this dramatic rain that was very... It's kind of like the tear, how the tear's very obviously fake. The dramatic rain looks like someone, like, sprayed thick water onto their faces first. And it's very dramatic. And they're like, no, we've been caught. Pretty much what happens is that the cops came and they arrest every single drape, whereas the squares get off scot-free, even though they're the ones who started the fire and the rumble and everything, but society, so... All the drapes get arrested. Literally every single one. As they're outside of... Oh, they're they're going to court to say, like, hey, this isn't fair. And, like, everyone who's there is in court. Allison is, too, because she's dressed as a drape and she was hanging out with them, so they think she's, like, on their side. There's this really funny part when they're in court where Wanda says, please get me the boop out of here, and it bleeps whatever she's saying. So it says... Please get me that out of here. And her mom, who looks very prim and proper, like, these people's parents never match them except for Belvedere and what's-her-face. And she goes to her husband. She says, what does boop mean? And again, it boops it out. That's cute. And he, and yeah, and he's like, it's a nonsense word that kids these days use to feel grown up. And then (laughs) the mom turns to the judge and she goes, your honor, can we take Wanda the fuck home? oh my god (laughs) it's the best and then the courtroom goes wild i was like i wrote iconic because it was like so shocking it was so awesome the religious parents of milton are there again and at one point the mom starts speaking in tongues it's very over the top and the judge says no wonder your kids are in trouble (laughs) and then the judge taking it back to hatchet face He looks at her and starts to, like, give her a verdict, and he goes, hatchet face? And then he just kind of looks sad, and he goes, that's a shame about your face. Oh, my God. And and she says, it gives me character. And everyone's like, yeah. And also, just so so you know, hatchet face isn't someone who's, like, sad she always carries a knife and she's very confident and is always trying to like murder everyone she meets so she's like it gives me character i'll kill your family i love
0: you hatchet face
1: (laughs) yeah they basically say which again it's because this movie is dramatic they are like you guys did wrong pepper we're sending your kids to an orphanage so they send the boy and the girl to an orphanage and she's like what they can't do this and the judge looks at Allison's grandma. He's, like, clearly infatuated with her. And they kind of, like, make eyes at each other. And he goes, Allison, this one time I'll make an exception because I know your grandma's a lovely lady, but, like, you gotta stop hanging around with these bad kids. Allison, you're free to go. Then they, like, they say the verdict. Cry baby you're sentenced to go to a boys' school, which is what they say. Well, okay, so it's a boys' school, but, like, the whole thing is set up like jail. So, like, I think they say that because he's underage, so you can't be like, you're going to jail, but, like, he's in jail. It's juvie. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, as they're walking up to the jailhouse, Lenora appears because she wants to get her word in with the reporters. And she says that she's his girl and that they're going to get married. He just proposed to her yesterday. So, of course, now the papers are printing all this, all these lies. She also says that she's pregnant with his child. (gasps) Yeah, so she's like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, you'd never be my girl. You're gross and, like, spits on her. But, of course, the papers are going to edit it how they want. So all these dudes are in the bedroom, like I said, in the, like, typical black and white striped jumpsuits. And then this one is going to be a very fun guessing game. So we might have to cut it off after the guessing game. But there's like a one minute cameo from a much younger, very famous actor. Uh, He's the security guard for all the boys. And I was shook. He's like a very well-renowned actor. Just recently, like in the past few years, was nominated for an Oscar. Recently in the past few years was
2: nominated for an Oscar.
1: Willem Dafoe. Yes! What?
2: Whoa, what? Are you serious? Yeah.
0: Are you
1: kidding me? That was a good guess. you guessed it on the first try.
2: Isn't that amazing? (laughs) No, but honestly, like, Willem Dafoe was fucking smoking when he was young.
1: (laughs) Yes, so it's him, and he literally has one little monologue where it's like, again, it's another ridiculous part where he tells them, like, say your prayers before bed and he says like god bless richard nixon like god bless like it's just all these like power authority white figures and that's like what the prayer is and he says it and then they repeat after him and then he leaves like that's it so as they're all falling asleep in the jail they are singing an uh another song this one again would be one that is what's the term It's one that they all know the words to already. So what would that be considered? Non-diegetic. It's not a concert. They just burst into song. Yeah. So they're in the jail cell, like, falling asleep, all of them, and they're singing a non-diegetic song. As this is happening, underneath their song, Allison is in her own bed, and she's crying, and she's collecting her tears in a mason jar that is, like, starting to get to about the halfway full point. She's just crying and crying, and collecting her tears. And the boys are singing a song that's kind of um, Frankie Valley sounding, high-pitched like that. It's very nice. Fun. One tear falls down crybaby's cheek as he falls asleep. And this next part, obviously, I can show you guys, but I want to explain it in a way where the listeners understand what I mean. (laughs) He falls asleep with baby prayer hands. So he like puts his hands in a prayer and puts them under his sweet little head and falls asleep like a baby. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where I'm going to put the halfway point. Okay. Because I want you guys to guess what she does with her tears. (laughs) She drinks them.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: (laughs) Or she's going to bring them
2: to crybaby. Well, I'm kind of right. I mean, yeah, he's in a jail. He's in a jail. How is he going to get out?
0: (laughs) Allison is going to try to free him and to do so there's going to be um <laughs> a contest within the jail to see who's the best singer and the best singer gets <laughs> to be free
1: that's hilarious and sounds exactly correct <laughs> yeah that that was going to be my guest too really you know, like a, a singing
2: uprising in the jail like yeah, I don't, I don't know what
0: else. <laughs> I feel like okay. so much of this movie has been, like, stock and just simple, and then we get thrown for a loop with, like, my parents were the alphabet bars.
1: <laughs> yeah?
0: Yeah, so I think Pepper is still pregnant. She hasn't had her kid, right? No.
1: Yes, go that route. Where are you going? <laughs>
0: Pepper's gonna have her baby And it's going to be, like, that's going to happen in the last, like, few minutes. And he's going to get to be there for, like, the birth of his nephew. I just feel like everything's going to be, oh, wait, they're star-crossed. That usually means bad things. Mm -hmm.
2: I think Crybaby's going to die.
0: Yeah, she's going to try to save him, but she's going to fail at it. And that's sad. And I I like the idea that Pepper names her baby Crybaby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm really lost. Let me, okay, let me try to think of some leading questions. What would be another conflict? Because we're only at halfway. So, what would be like the end conflict and resolution? Well, we're
2: still dealing with Lenora's claims yeah, of true. love and stuff. And then we also are still worried about like Baldwin, maybe. Those are both good options. Explore those. Maybe Baldwin's gonna be like, you took my girl now I'm going to get revenge and he's going to shoot Crybaby mm. in front of Allison. I don't know. Maybe there's like a race against time feature that's going to come up with like Crybaby needs to be there for his sister's childbirth. And, you know, so we got to get out of this jail. We got to sing away out of this jail. You know, no.
0: <laughs> the showdown comes down to like a singing contest between because it's technically not a jail. It seems like one, but it's like a boys' home. So it's like the boys' home has to go up against the country club for in a talent show, Ooh, and okay, um, he wins. But then, baby doll. <laughs> or
1: whatever her name is Baby
0: doll. <laughs> Allison is still like I can't be with you because you're poor and um, <laughs> or he he loses because it's rigged
2: Allison is going to feel like Lenora is telling the truth and that's going to mm-hmm. make her turn on Crybaby even though Lenora is lying mm-hmm. and that's going to cause a conflict with their relationship and so he's going to have to try and win her back by crooning his love for her maybe at the talent show. But just as Allison has been turned back to Crybaby and realizes he's the love of her life, Baldwin sees that and doesn't want (laughs) her to get away from him so he shoots Crybaby on the stage. And it's it's like a Moulin Rouge
1: finish. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, to start off Ding 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 we have a winner she immediately drinks the jar of tears. Hey. <laughs> it's disgusting seeing it for the first time I was shook because I thought she was going to like collect them and give them to him or something. So for her to immediately drink them I was like, "Ugh.
2: <laughs> That's so gross." That would be gross. Uh
1: now we see what I guess would be considered like a conga line but they're not doing like the leg shimmy. They're like hopping. A bunny like hop. Kind of- Is that what it's called? Yeah. That. Everyone in town is doing that. All of the socias, the Squares, they're doing a bunny hop through the town. It's like everyone. And they're doing it, and we don't really know why. Allison is in her room. She's not part of this bunny hop, probably because she's brooding over her lover. And she hears on the radio the bit of Lenora saying that he proposed and that she's preggo. And she believes it pretty instantly. Aww. And she's so upset, and her grandma's kind of trying to comfort her, and all of a sudden, the bunny hop line shows up in front of her house. Like, they they were coming to her house. And they're like, come outside, Allison! And now, the grandma all of a sudden, instead of being this caricature of, like, an eyes-rolling, like, uppity grandma, is like, Allison, do what your heart tells you to do. I'm like, oh, wow, Grandma, okay, like, you got really cool really fast. (laughs) And impulsively, she rushes down the stairs in her square dress, not shaped like a square, and she runs down there, and they basically say, we bunny-hopped to your house because we have an announcement to make, which is that this giant uh, amusement park is opening up in our town, and it's like a big deal. (laughs) We're here to talk about it. And they, like, have the radio station there and everything, like, with the microphone. And they're like, how do you feel about the new amusement park? And she says, I just want to say, wherever you are out there, crybaby, I spit on your tears. Like, I heard about you and Lenora and blah, blah, blah. Screw you, crybaby. And she and Baldwin kiss, I think. I don't know. It seems like they do. No. <laughs> no. And then Baldwin in the microphone says, I can sing better than Crybaby Walker any day of the week. I don't believe him. So then, as this is all happening, somebody in the like jailhouse is like, Crybaby, do you hear what they're saying on the radio? And he runs over and they're like, it's your girl. And he hears all the horrible stuff she said, and he's just so angsty, he just keeps going like, "Ah." No! What? Like, by the radio. And when when Baldwin says that he can sing better than him, he grits his teeth, he's so angry, and he growls. Oh, yep. <laughs> and then we get, so far, the dopest song in the movie, which I don't know what it's called, but it's like, the main line they say over and over again is we're doing time for being young, and it's a freaking bop. And everyone is dressed in these like auto shop outfits because they're printing license plates so it looks a lot like grease lightning the guard comes in and says he has to get a haircut and he says no i'm gonna look like the (laughs) wiffles and the friend steps onto a wobbly surface and he's like what and he looks down, and as the guard leaves, he's like, OMG, there's a convenient sewer right here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, crybaby, you should use this to escape. And he's like, that's a great idea. And he lowers himself down, and it's a sewer full of, like, gross water and rats. So he's, like, making his way out. Meanwhile, Hatchet Face and her boyfriend find a, an abandoned helicopter. Like, the people who pilot the helicopter are not watching it. Can, we- and-, Can we- <laughs> and they are like, "Oh, let's steal this helicopter," and they- and they steal we the helicopter. Know how to them.
2: Let's do it. This
1: makes no sense. You guys, it's super easy. So, they grab the helicopter. And they make their way over to the, again, not prison that is highly guarded with, like, barbed wire fences. And they land in the, like, re- recess area. I know it's not called recess. <laughs> like, when you get to go outside, they land the helicopter in there. And they're getting, like, severely shot at by guards with guns. God. And they, they all, like, flee away. And they are literally running through jail, being like, where's Crybaby? And everyone's like, he went that way, he went that way. But they can't find him. But they make their way out of the prison without getting killed, so good for them. So apparently it's not that hard to escape prison. (laughs) We're now cutting back to Crybaby. He's in the sewer water pit with all the rats. He finally makes his way to freedom. But guess where it is? It's in the barbershop haircut room. And all the guards turn around and they're laughing at him because they're like, you tried to escape, but you just ended up right where we wanted you. And then the l- rats from the sewer laugh at him. <laughs> they, they go like, hee <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> um, Belvedere and his lady, Lipstick Teeth, they go with Pepper to the orphanage, but they're disguised. Not very well. They're literally just wearing, like, wigs. And they're like, oh, we're here to adopt a child. And this scene is wild. They go into the orphanage. And all of the kids are literally in, like, museum display. And they're doing tasks to, like, look appealing for people to pick them. So, it'll be like, this little girl knows how to, like, wash clothes. And this little boy, like, knows how to mow lawns. It's, like, it's crazy. And so they're like, ooh, those ones. We want those ones. Because it's her real kids. And they're like, okay. And then they all take off their wigs. And they're like, we fooled you. And they, like, grab the kids. And then they free all the kids from the orphanage. And they just, like, flee the streets. Good plan. With all the kids. Okay, Okay. It's now... The opening of the theme park and they're there and of course they have to inaugurate the place with a song so they're singing sandman or at least some version of sandman they're singing it and it's the four boys but allison is there this time and they keep not letting her sing like they'll let her sing kind of but then they step in front of her or they'll like sing over her it's just clear they don't want her to get the spotlight at all it's not about her it's about them and she does not appreciate this. And she kind of discovers that pretty quickly, I think, that she's being suffocated by them. Belvedere then swings through on a rope, disguises a character from this theme park, and grabs Allison off the stage. And he's like, you're coming with us to break out Crybaby. And she's like, all right, deuces. And she's already flopsides back to the drapes. <laughs> Lenora... As this is happening, she's like trying to scramble to get Allison, you know, back to thinking bad things. And she grabs a literal baby doll from a child and goes, I just had my baby. And everyone's like, What? We saw it. What? And so they leave. This is a trip. It is a trip. It is a trip. Now we get my favorite song of the movie, which I had actually heard before on an episode of So You Think You Can Dance. And it was from this movie, the song that they use in So You Think You Can Dance. So that was pretty exciting. I went and watched it after this. It's such a bop, and it's Allison singing it on top of a car. Like, it's really sexy because the song is basically like, Let My Man Go Free. It's so good. And everyone's like singing it with her, and then he starts singing it from like inside prison. The grandma's there with her. She's like on her side now and she's like feels so bad. She wants crybaby to be released and she sees the judge in one of the windows of the prison and he kind of gets the idea like from making eyes at the grandma that oh no they need to free crybaby because everyone is singing for his release and you know what I'm the judge. I have power over this so we should go free him but he's about to go up to get his hair cut, so time's crunching. It's a real race against time. But before he can get the haircut, they actually say, hey, a bunch of you guys have visitors and it's all the women that are down there singing, please, Mr. Jailer. And we get a very, very fun dance scene. Kimmy, this is the part you were talking about. Yeah. Where there's like five dudes on the phone behind the glass and then five women on the other side and they're like grinding up and down and like singing through the glass to each other. It's dope. And Johnny Depp licks the screen. He does. Which, again, with, like, our sensitive coronavirus um, awareness, I'm like, don't lick stuff. (laughs) But, you know, it's a different time. As this is happening, there, again, that's, like, the climax of the song... And all of a sudden, Johnny Depp hangs up the phone so loud, that, or so hard, that the glass shatters, and he just walks through and, like, grabs Allison, and then they, like, make out. Sweet. And then and then the judge comes by, and he's like, by the way, you're free to go. Aww. Yeah, it's great. It's super extra, and it's fabulous. So everybody is now gathered outside of the prison. It's nighttime. There's, like, a whole crowd there. So the crowd is split in half, and it's half squares, half drapes. And of course, the drapes are like, "Yes, Crybaby's free." And the squares apparently all came down there. The squares really have a lot of free time on their hands to just come complain about Crybaby, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it's like a it's kind of like um what's the word? Like a press conference where they're saying why Crybaby's going free and how like things need to change around here, and Baldwin's throwing a fit because of course Crybaby's happy and with Allison. And I forget which one of them suggests it. But they decide they're going to play a game of chicken with your cars. And you know the game chicken. Crybaby, no! So they say they're going to do this, but Crybaby says, You know what? Since you're such a wussy, like we're going to up the ante. We, instead of driving the cars, are going to be on top of the cars while someone else is driving them. What? And Baldwin's pretty upset about this because he's scared. And Crybaby's like, no worries. While they're playing chicken... Allison is singing a dope song and uh, it's kind of parallel to the race at the end of Grease. You know what I'm talking about? It's like that kind of energy. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So as they're playing this game of chicken, Pepper gives birth in the car. But it is not dramatic. It happens in point oh two seconds and the baby's perfectly clean and she's like, I have a baby! (laughs) But this one's a human baby, not a baby doll. Okay. I mean, not, not as predicted, but, like, as you can predict just based on, like, character traits. The square's chicken, and they steer left, and they crash into a barn, and it's, like, comical. Nobody's hurt. And then, this might be the most wild part of the movie. Are you ready? hmm Allison gets on a bike to go over to where Crybaby is because, yay, they're happy that he won. But she's, like, on the back of the bike with somebody else, one of the other drapes. And her dress, like, gets ripped, kind of, by the bike, so it now looks like sexy lingerie, kind of, instead of a dress. And then they hit, like, a pothole, and she goes flying through the air. Oh, my God. And perfectly lands in Crybaby's arms. Okay. And she perfectly... No, yeah, no, so too. <laughs> no, he catches her, and it's like, oh, that was easy. And they look into the camera, and they each cry two tears, because they have each other. And that's the end. <laughs> that's what? the end. Is it freeze frames on their Double tears. Do you feel ready to rate it? Yes.
0: Three, two, one. Okay. Oh. Kay- Kaylee, that's
1: a six and a half. Six and a
0: half. I gave it a five.
1: I gave it a five. Cool. People who haven't seen it, you go first.
0: It seems ridiculous, <laughs> but I also get where it's coming from, and I'm hoping I can really, I can really vibe with the, the nonsense, and then hopefully, mm-hmm. like for me, it'll it'll get bumped up to like a six or a seven. Um, mm-hmm. so for this one, like every time you talked about something insane, I was more in love with it. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of when you talked about things that are more like normy, I was like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and those are my thoughts.
2: Yeah. I rated it a five because I think this movie is probably super funny, especially if you're super drunk. You know? Oh, God. Like, or maybe think, high. Or maybe high. I think that this is definitely, like, an under-the-influence watch. Mm-hmm. You know? Not that I'm condoning that, you know, to oh my gosh. his own <laughs> listeners, you know?
1: You know say. yourselves
2: best. But I would try it. <laughs> <laughs> like. I I think it's probably, like, pretty funny, but, like, you know, not maybe not something that I would watch often or frequently at all. Maybe it's, like, a one-time cult thing. And yeah with some weed.
1: Okay, so I gave it a 6.5. I struggled a lot between a 6 and a 6.5, so here's my reasoning. I think if you were watching this as, like, a real movie and not a parody, it would be, like, a 4 or a 3 because it's crazy. But since it is a parody and it's meaning to be like this, I was like, that's, like, a 6 because... It's funky, it's unique, it's quite fun for being ridiculous, and what bumps it up to a 6.5 for me is that the music slaps. Like, some of those songs have been stuck in my head since I watched it, and they're really fun to watch.
0: That's fun! I'm excited to hear the music, actually. Yeah,
1: so the soundtrack is banging and really exciting, especially if you like, you know, if you like songs from Greece. it's that... It's like all the same types of bops. So some of the things that I wrote down, uh, this I guess would be like negatives about it, is that it kind of in a way seems like an SNL skit that was turned into a movie, meaning maybe it would be funnier in short form, but it goes on for a whole movie, so that's like kind of hard to sustain. I think parody in general is just hard to sustain for a long time. But it's still worth a watch. Uh, I also wrote down that a positive note for it is I have similar feelings to this as I did after watching The Crow where I was very like, was it good? Did I like it? I think so, but I think you need to be in a very specific mood to watch it. And I do think a mood like that will come again where I I know what I'm getting myself into now and I'm gonna be feeling something weird like this one day. To close up this episode of Crybaby, before you go, we got some watchlist ads and recommendations as per usual. On my watch list, which is kind of in theme, but since we're doing rewatches, I want to rewatch Enchanted, because I haven't seen that in a long time and I recently bought it. So I need to watch it. Nice! And for my recommendation of the week, this film got him this film. Go watch Edward Scissorhands. I'm obsessed with that movie. And it's one of Tim Burton's best, in my opinion, and one of Johnny Drops.
0: Okay, Dougie, uh, I'll go next. Adding to my watch list, logging onto HBO the other night to watch a show, like there on the homepage was um a preview, like a trailer for a movie called Autism: The Sequel. And what that is is a sequel to a movie that I first saw more than 10 years ago. I was um, visiting my best friend's parents, uh, and they have an autistic son, and they showed us a movie called Autism the Musical, which is about this woman named Elaine Hall who started a theater program for autistic children to put on a musical, and it was called Autism the Musical, and HBO did a documentary series about it where they filmed all these children and now these kids are our age and it's seeing Ah! what their lives became and like what they've done since they put on a musical together and I cannot wait this is one of my favorite documentaries ever and now it's been several years and it comes out this weekend it comes out at the end of April and I cannot wait to watch it it's called Autism the Sequel on HBO
1: that's so sick
0: for my recommendation this week I am going to recommend a movie that is within my top 25 favorite movies of all time, if not my top 10. It is Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's a good choice. It is the funniest movie. Like, I love it so much. It's parody. It's parodying um, Johnny Cash's Walk the Line. And I also like love Johnny Cash, but I love Dewey Cox even more. (laughs)
2: Okay, for my watch list ad, I'm going to put um, on Brooklyn, starring Saoirse Ronan. Ooh, I've never seen it. I've just been like interested in doing like a Saoirse kick That's lately. Fun. There's quite a few movies I believe that she's in that I haven't seen. Um, I would just like to start with that one. That's one of the best. Oh. And then um, for my recommendation, I'm going to recommend. Diary of a Teenage Girl. Oh! I really liked it. It's also a period film. So I don't know why that popped into my head while we were listening to this explanation, but it's pretty good. And that's what I'm recommending. Catch us next time when I explain the whole plot of the Netflix original movie Horse Girl to Courtney and Kayleen with a special... Guess. Guess who?